There was a lot of announcements this week that I believe lay down the foundation of what the next five years may look like and even beyond that when you string it all together. The question is, were you paying attention? This week in Fundamentals, the emphasis, what happened fundamentally this week that matters. You can follow along, visit our YouTube channel, Apple Music, Spotify, look for Inside Scoop. Make sure to subscribe so that you do not miss any episodes. Next week, we'll have an interesting interview around no-code tools, website development, and much more. Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery. Every week, we are examining something new, bringing you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company or any guests on the show. This is for educational purposes only and not intended to make an offer or solicitation for any companies or securities mentioned. With that, let's get on with the episode. This is Sean Emery, the Chief Investment Officer at Avery & Company. So what happened fundamentally this week that matters? The first thing was Amazon had their ReMars conference. Mars stands for Machine Learning, Automation, Robotics, and Space. We'll touch on that and some kind of key announcements that they expressed during the day-long uh, conference. Amazon thinks a decade ahead, and I think what we saw was a hint of the future. We also saw some news around Meta the plans that they have for their creator economy, their creator marketplace, how they're monetizing and sharing that monetization uh, over the long term. Given their size and scale, I think you know it's really important to gauge what they're doing as they set the tone for what these creator-to-platform relationships may look like. Zendesk also was big news this week. They finally agreed to a deal. Uh, this is the SaaS company that finally sold after many months uh, back and forth with private equity. Uh, I think big picture, this shows a lot of that demand for software remains strong despite the environment. And I think that's something that we want to touch upon. Lastly, GM's cruise, the driverless autonomous cars launched paid rides in San Francisco this week. This is one of the first and, and really shows the progress in this space. We all think about autonomous vehicles. So here's the update on where they stand as of this week. So let's kick off with Remars 2022. Again, this is the big Amazon event that they lay out everything from machine learning, automation, robotics, and space. Uh, this is a massive event. It's the biggest names presenting along with hundreds and hundreds of, of corporate booths. Uh, the magnitude of this event, I think, should suggest to anyone trying to determine the future investment pillars that these must be within your investment roadmap. Amazon has been early to a lot of things. They really look to become the infrastructure and foundation, and this feels more of the same. So yes, space is real, robotics is real, automation is real, machine learning is real. Some things will be products, others will be platforms, some will generate cash flow, others won't. But I do think the nature of this event is an important signal. You know, ReMars 2022 was great evidence that we are continuing to see a massive convergence of technologies, which ultimately enhance each other and drive the adoption and future progress. Advancements in things like machine learning is leading to advancements in robotics, as the sensors on many of these robots get smarter, then advancements in robotics is further enhancing space exploration as things like material handling is handled by these robots in a very smart way. Then you have automation, which ultimately wraps all that together. So what did they announce or kind of what is our takeaway on some of the announcements? We'll go into some of them. We'll go into order as well from machine learning to space. On machine learning and automation, you know, they launched something called Code Whisperer. It's a program used to auto-complete the writing of code. They positioned it really as an easy writing uh, solution for code. So if you're writing comments, uh, the system will either auto-complete unfinished lines of code. The system is trained for uh, languages such as like Java, JavaScript, Python. Now there's other projects that have these capabilities, for example, uh, GitHub's Copilot, 
what is the importance I think of this announcement is it made to write code or it's made to write code much faster and build apps faster. And ultimately what that is doing again is speeding up the progress towards not only self-creators of, of creating their own um, uh, applications in, in an environment, but also from a security perspective, it's reading and assessing code that can scan and notify developers uh, essentially of potential security issues in the code. So again, GitHub has similar uh, uh, functions of this, but if you think of AWS, Amazon, trying to continue to further build their platform of tools for developers, this is one of those. Amazon also went deep into quantum computing, which at a high level is, is top of mind if you're thinking a decade out in terms of things like encryption and security. The NFL had a breakout session. I, I found it interesting. They're using AWS to use AI and machine learning to build a digital equivalent of NFL players and then use these uh, kind of digital equivalents of the player to then try to predict the eventual injury of a player. And as it relates to things like automation, and again, back to the NFL, their machine learning capabilities are allowing systems to identify helmet collisions. They showed a demo of this in real time and showing the helmet collisions by player, by the impact type, and really storing this information so each player can assess. And obviously from a health perspective, this is important. You can imagine uh, stepping back and, and, and looking and thinking about how it can proactively communicate to players of the risk uh, within their bodies. Now, this is a brilliant example, I think, of automation, how human labor could obviously track helmet collisions one by one, hour by hour, but the time and cost to do so is, is enormous and therefore less of an incentive uh, to do so. And by lowering the cost, speeding up the time to value, I think the incentives start to increase. So this is a prime example. Automating these, these tasks obviously unlock massive benefits in this situation and ultimately why uh, just one use case, but why we're so constructive on automation more broadly. Um, I could keep going on machine learning. This was a full day of sessions, uh, but those are some directional announcements that I think uh, have clear takeaways. Now, under robotics, Amazon clearly has a massive history and strength in robotics. I believe they have over 500,000 robots uh, around their warehouse facilities. They showed updated versions of their current robots, the ones you probably have seen that work inside of their facilities uh, moving around. This time, however, I think the emphasis was furthering the conversation around safety and then flexibility. So their main robot, uh, Protesis, is Amazon's robot that no longer needs to be restricted to a certain space. It can actually work with no boundaries around it. Uh, the robot moves around humans and objects automatically. So it's the sensor capabilities is, is pretty uh, intense. Uh, again, this clearly uh, ties back to the prior section on automation and machine learning. You know, these robots contain these sensors that are calculating and learning from new information, collecting more data, ingesting it. So if you're wondering why Amazon is focused on some of these areas, I think it should start to become even more obvious as you go from machine learning to space. Astro, I don't know if you've seen the announcement last year. It's the robot for the home. They continue to drive or Amazon continues to drive towards their mission of being in the home uh, with robots. They articulated that this is a five to 10 year project, both from the function and utility of the robot, but also the cost of the robot. Uh, that's important to the overarching consumer. So build robots that have true utility and then also could potentially supplement uh, human activity in some ways and enhance uh, our lives. But again, it always ties back to time to value or return on investment um, for obviously commercial use case, but also uh, personal use case. On the robot side, we also saw projects from external companies. So Spot from Boston Dynamics. It's the robot dog. If you've seen it, it's pretty incredible. Um, Wingcopter is, is building out drones for delivery purposes. Uh, there was hundreds and hundreds of robots. You have underwater robots for specific mining challenges. I think that's top of mind today. We also saw uh, humanoids, uh, which can assist uh, for space. I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Tesla is 
is a car company in a sense, and but also SpaceX and, and the affinity around uh, space from Elon Musk. I think having the announcement of Humanoid at their conference uh, uh, months and, and quarters back, I think speaks to, you know, humanoids have been used in space uh, for some time and the thought around it. So again, seeing robots uh, that are humanoids and driven for that purpose, I think, again, further emphasizes the uh, rationale and use case of this entire conference in general. So let's touch on space. You know, we already talked about automation and machine learning and robotics. Space is one of those categories that, that I think gets chucked into the pie in the sky list, such as like, why are we talking about space today? You know, there's bigger problems potentially to solve. However, I do think uh, you have to lay a foundation if you think the purpose is big enough, meaning into the future. I will boil it down into how space can provide utility for today. Uh, the second is really potentially decades out and, and I guess longer into the future. The need for space seems somewhat inevitable. Um, they talked about it during the conference, so we'll, we'll understand or, or I'll provide a little bit of context of uh, what their ultimate mission is. You know, during the keynote, they highlighted the need for space and the eventual lack of resources to meet the demand from humans on Earth, not knowing really what the carrying capacity of Earth is today, but just highlighting that there's clear, I mean, just from a, you know, uh, pure numbers perspective and resource perspective, there is capacity. It's just a matter of when. Uh, the obvious question is, you know, what are they doing about it and when, uh, again, capacity will uh, be met. Uh, Jeff Bezos is on record saying that we will either need to do one of two things, ration on earth by kind of sub-allocating resources. There's obviously societal issues when, when that happens or moving towards space, which sets up for somewhat unlimited growth. Um, and again, th those are comments from Jeff Bezos himself. Now they touched on two core elements that I think make it possible, you know, before uh, space was expensive and it still is expensive, but just like any other industry, you have to start somewhere and uh, obviously bring in the private sector and have the incentives to align. Um, they talked about two different things. You know, government funding for space has been on the steady decline for decades. With utility now coming into the picture, uh, private funding for space is increasing and allowing for the investment in these purposes. And they highlighted two things, you know, the exploitation side and, and then the experience side. And both of those are really uh, funding tools for the future of space. So on the exploitation side, it's, it's clearly around you know, uh, getting rockets to space cheaper, recycling them, using them in marketable ways that really drive capital back to these investments and going from there and obviously creating that flywheel of, of utility and then uh, investment and return on investment to then build uh, either infrastructure uh, within it. Um, the experience side is really about creating marketable experiences. You know, we've already seen some individuals and groups uh, uh, pay and attempt and go to space for experiential uh, type of endeavors. And again, those things uh, cost money to go up there and having the marketable component of space uh, is also a funding tool to all of this. So what was one of the main highlights from the space segments? You know, Blue Origin from Amazon showcased the Orbital Reef, essentially a low orbit uh, space station that will function as a office park in the sky created uh, uh, or kind of Orbital Reef is created with utility and allow tenants to use these stations separate from each other and separate from the rocket itself. With Blue Origin, again, Amazon's product, uh, in typical Amazon fashion, being the logistics provider here. And again, this is very much into the future. Even many of the comments around it uh, seemed uh, very distant in terms of what this could be. But I think it's important to uh, participate in this section of the conference to understand directionally where investment dollars are going, where someone like an Amazon is thinking, and then all the other uh, companies that are also participating in this area. So that's really around Remars 2022. 
a very interesting uh, conference that really outlined many of the future endeavors at Amazon and uh, some of the core attributes of uh, robotics, uh, machine learning, automation, and space. Now, turning to Meta, they rolled out monetization tools for creators on Instagram and Facebook. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has been more present than I think I've ever seen him over the last several months. Um, he is out there, you know, talking to creators, creating videos, um, and uh, highlighting things around the metaverse, highlighting things around Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp and, and really out there. And I think that level of transparency is very much welcomed. Um, you know, there were a couple key announcements this week around creators and Instagram and Facebook. You know, what they plan to do is try to drive more creators on the platform, assisting and facilitating the creator economy, you know, driving revenue to creators and having those incentives align with the platforms and the creators, I think is an important part of the future of platforms in general. Companies like TikTok, uh, other uh, areas like Substack, and other kind of creator-based platforms, I think, continue to take mind share as there's this share of, of revenue and resources. What Facebook and Meta are doing, I do believe uh, helps set the future in terms of what the relationship between platforms and creators will and can look like. So what they laid out this week was, one main thing was they're going to have uh, different types of uh, products from events, subscriptions, badges, bulletins, where there's that revenue share between the creator and the platform. Yet for the next couple of years, uh, Facebook will not actually take any of that revenue share. And really it's trying to plant the seeds of having their platforms become the center of the creator economy. They also announced how subscriptions uh, from paying subscribers on other platforms can actually access subscriber-only Facebook groups. And what this is, and I think the thought process around this, is really opening up the Facebook and Instagram platforms outside of being these walled gardens that I think many have viewed it as, and uh, essentially uh, shifting the tentacles and putting the tentacles all across all these different ecosystems, I think is pretty foundational and a big mind change uh, from what we know meta from, let's say, five years ago. And I think it's an important move uh, strategically uh, for the next decade or so. They have things like Facebook stars that they announced opening up to all eligible creators. So more than uh, more of these creators can start earning money from things like reels, live events, video on demand videos, uh, monetizing reels. So they're opening up the reels play bonus program to make more creators uh, on the platform to drive more, again, cat, uh, revenue share and different types of um, uh, posting that can move between Instagram reels to Facebook reels and being able to monetize that. They also announced the creator marketplace. And right now they're testing a, a set place on Instagram where creators can get discovered and paid for the content that they do post. Brands can share new partnership opportunities. So truly a two-sided marketplace that they're trying to create here where brands can connect with creators and creators can get monetized. Um, I think all of this, all of these announcements uh, are very, very strategic and important and lay the foundation of the future for the creator economy. So Cruise, the autonomous vehicle company backed by General Motors, had a big announcement this week as well. They're officially launching and charging for rides for its self-driving taxis in San Francisco. I think this is an important uh, 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 push forward in terms of autonomy within vehicles. They did highlight an example of a trip. So they, they said a customer taking a 1.3-mile trip would pay $0.90 cents per mile and $0.40 cents per minute in addition to a $5 base fee. 
and 1.5% city tax for a grand total of $8.72. By comparison, the Uber ride for the same trip would cost $10.41. So there you can see there's already some uh, deviation between what a autonomous taxi could do as it compared to something like an Uber ride. Um, obviously, the technology costs money uh, versus you know the, the ride share split that, uh, let's say, an Uber ride would have. I do think, again, this is very important for driverless cars. We're still a long way away from this providing you know full ride hailing service across the nation. Uh, again, there's companies like Google with Waymo already having uh, vehicle rides and driverless vehicles across places like Arizona. Uh, and I think you know this is just another stepping stone towards driving or driverless cars across the nation. Um, I think it's inevitable. It's more a, a function of time. And then again, the cost curves coming down for uh, running these autonomous vehicles. So you know there's a lot of friction in between. Uh, wide adoption and where we are today. But again, first steps, I think one is showing the value, the dollar value and, and savings for the average uh, transportation. You know, transportation in theory should be the lowest, uh, as low as possible. And so I think there's this natural incentive for government to appreciate low lower costs, even if it means that uh, it may take uh, jobs from, let's say, Uber drivers that are driving around. Again, we're years away from this being fully rolled out across the nation where this actually has any sort of meaningful impact. If you use history as a guide and the data around it, then it supports the notion that actually any sort of displacement of jobs is actually filled with new occupations. If you go back hundreds of years, you know, agriculture at one point was 60% of the workforce in the U.S. economy and companies like you know, uh, Caterpillar and other forms of automation, in a sense, the early forms of automation uh, within farming had led to displaced jobs and going from 60% to less than 5% today. So again, there is precedent of uh, job, call it destruction, but arguably for the better good as many of these roles are ones that are either like repetitive or take uh, little skill. So anyways, that's that uh, GM cruise. It's an interesting development for sure. We're in the early stages of seeing some of the rollout of autonomous driving super early, many years to go. Uh, and that is it. Last but not least, Zendesk, you know, they sold their company or agreed to a sale this week. Uh, I think it further uh, illustrates the demand for software as a service. Zendesk has been in the news for quite some time. You know, they, they had a deal on the table for 17 billion like six months ago. Now they sold for 10 to $12 billion, depending on the, the, the final calculations here. Um, but 6X roughly revenue for a company burning cash you know, I think it, it again, it just speaks to the demand for software despite the environment. Um, the reality is, you know, over the last, I'd say, three, four months, we've seen private companies acquire public companies, just given the valuation gap between still the private markets and the public markets. Um, and meaning that the, the, the public market is undervaluing these assets relative to the private markets today. And we saw that, uh, again, within the last several months, uh, several public companies being taken out at, at actually valuations around 10 to 12 times sales. And uh, again, further illustrating the demand for software. It'll be interesting as we push forward, as potentially the uh, economy starts to become a little bit more clear in terms of direction of things like uh, rate hikes and, and inflation. You know our opinion there. We have a lot of stuff out there that uh, suggests that inflation has peaked. Obviously, we may see some stuff on the headline number over the next two months that show uh, elevated inflation, but I think core inflation clearly has peaked. We had that data of the week this week. So if you subscribe to our newsletter uh, for data of the week each Friday, negative 7% decline in freight rates year over year, the first decline year over year. Um, I think that's an important uh, input to a lot of companies. 
And besides that, that's not what this is for. Zendesk software continues to be top of mind. And we think, again, software uh, is a strategic uh, pillar of, of growth for the future of our economy and many of the businesses that use software tools. And that is it. You know, this was uh, Fundamental Fridays where we look at all things fundamentally that happened this week that matters. We'll have a guest next week talking about, again, no-code tools, web development, and much more. And that's it. That's what happened fundamentally this week. That matters. With that, we see you next time.